So good morning, afternoon. I'm uh, Bill Connor, and you've reached the Digital Shop Talk Radio, where we gather on Wednesdays at 12 o'clock Central for our panelists to share some wisdom with you about the automotive industry. Today, I'm here with Dan Gerlach, owner of Silver Lake Auto, multiple location owner, been with us here before. He's going to share some information. And we also have Krista Oldenberg, the recruiter for his shop, plus Auto Bottles founder, Uva Kleinsmith. Join us for a discussion on the technician shortage is a, a team that we hear Really often when it comes up, uh, you know, people have opportunities for creating staff for smooth running shops. Many businesses kind of struggle to find the skill level they're looking for. Multi-location owners, in theory, they really face a problem on a, uh, on a even larger scale. So Dan has found a solution which leverages the economy of scale. And um, it's a very unique approach with some amazing results for a shop operation so far. As always, teamwork is required in the shop to provide great results. And you're going to take away some tips today for staffing a smooth shop operation. As always, you'll learn from our guest panelists operating shops just like yours. So Uwe, if you wouldn't mind, how about you go ahead and get us started off on a, um, on a path to go ahead and, and try and drag some information out of Dan. Um, first of all, I want to welcome both of you. It's a pleasure. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in, uh, for full disclosure, I talked to Dan about this already. So that's why I'm so excited about it. Um, but let's take a few, I don't know, years back maybe. Um, technician shortage is a term I have heard, I don't know, in the last five years for sure. And, but then I, I started getting to know people like Dan or Brian Bates or John Long when they said, we don't have a technician shortage. And, and then I said, what? And I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And then when I started digging more, um, it seems like, and Dan correct me if I'm characterizing that wrongly, that shops who especially see a technician shortage are on the hunt of what I would call a workhorse producing hours. Whereas the new type looks at the technician as a staff member and, and not just um, executing a particular task, right? So they're a team member, they're part of the decision-making and all of a sudden the recruiting of this kind of skill set changes the profile. What are you looking for? That's heavy. That's heavy, Uva. <clears throat> I mean, make, make, make it easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's one of those things, you know, if you, if you identify a problem in your organization, if you focus on it and you try some, you know, different processes or try some things. It's a, it's a process of uh, elimination, right? Until you finally get it right and figure it out. Um, and, you know, we've gone through those too. And we've, we've uh, you know, our progression, we really had a mindset of growing our own technicians for the longest time of bringing them in when they were, they were, um, you know, fairly green and growing them through the organization. And we put the, put the processes in place to, to allow that to happen. And we got great results doing that it's slow and it's hard. It takes a lot of time. And uh, today in the, in, the, in the rate that we want to grow our organization, we can't just rely on that only. It, it took us to a point and now we've kind of 
cap that out. So we need to start fishing in some other ponds. And uh, so, you know, we brought Krista on um, earlier this year and, you know, to, to kind of shore up some of our social media and we created some tactics in our social media to really engage with our, with our customer audience in a different way. We really wanted to do a different one, engage with them differently. And as we saw some of the challenges of, of our uh, growth is finding that talent or some, somebody in the chat said unicorn of that experienced technician to bring it in here. We needed to find a way to connect with that audience out there where they're at too. And, um, you know, through, through some of our searching and some of our researches, we, we found that um, we can really engage with them differently through, through LinkedIn and we can actually start getting some experienced technicians. Um, and, and they are out there. And when we, when we first started this, uh, what do we find Krista in the greater Milwaukee metric? There was like 2,500 technicians in Milwaukee market alone. Um, I only need like four. <laughs> so, uh, so give me the four best that that um, can that want to be aligned with us, and uh, um, you know, let's 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 engage them differently. So that's kind of has been our approach, and you know, there's a lot more details and meat into that we can discuss. But uh, um, we really we really decided we were going to focus on this. This is why we brought Krista on to. Um, focus on this and this only, you know, this is her, this is a big part of her role at Silver Lake Auto and, and it is a full-time role because it's, they aren't running to us like they used to. They're, they're happy where they're at. They're, they're pretty well taken care of, you know, uh, organizations have figured out that culture is very important. So it's, they don't really move a lot. Um, um, but every once in a while, there's somebody looking for something different and we want to be able to be there in front of them when they are. So trial and error, you, you say was the process? Well, over, I mean, over the years, I mean, we yeah, used to look for tech, we used to look for technicians on Craigslist, right? Um, you know, and that worked for a while. And, uh, you know, we did that and it worked for a while. It got us to a point. We started growing our own technicians, right? It worked for a while. It got us to a point. And it's not maybe an error, but we've, we've fished that pond dry. Um, you know, indeed, some of the other, um, other larger recruiting uh, companies out there, we've tried those things and, and they've worked with limited success or we've gotten as much out of them as we can and we need to start going in other places. So um, I think it was a constant uh, remeasuring or just kind of stepping outside of it and looking, is this still work? Is this still whole water or not? Or we need to try to find other places. And if it's not, like we were feeling earlier in this year that we, were, we had some gaps in our organization, we need to go engage that and find it and set a new target on our, on our radar. So, so what were the symptoms for those gaps? What, what, how would you, well, when did, when did the flag go up? I, we have to do something different. Well, when we were booked out two, three weeks, um, you know, this year, we, we were always an organization that was drop it off. We'll get it back to you today. We were, you know, we always called it EOD end of day. We had a smart tile that was EOD, you know, end of day. Um, and now the customers are calling us and I'm sorry, I can't get you in for a couple of weeks. And, um, that doesn't work today. And, and everybody else out there, I mean, a lot of people are out there are like that right now because of their production capacity is, is at its limit. And, uh, we were getting some, some reviews, some Google reviews that were saying, you know, that you used to be able to get in the same day. Now I can't, now I got to call three weeks. I didn't want the, our customers to go through that pain. Um, and, and we started seeing some plateaus in our business from a revenue standpoint. You know, our Oconomowoc location was, was plateauing out. It was stuck. And uh, every technician um, is basically responsible for 
minimally $15,000 worth of revenue a week. And um, you start doing the math on that when you start having a couple of spots open, when the business is there, the car count is there, it doesn't take a lot of math for you to determine that, hey, we need to probably hire somebody to solve this problem because it's costing us, every day it's costing us, every week it's costing us a heck of a lot of money. We need to solve this now. And with four locations and hopefully growing into more, you know, we have to have this process down if we want to grow. So Dan, you mentioned, you know, your, your dollar rate per technician. So what you've done is you've maximized your current staff. So, you know, they're at their maximum production. So when you're bringing somebody else in, it's no threat to them either. 100%. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're running, we're running, you know, in the high nineties for uh, um, technician productivity inside of our, inside of here, we're, there's nowhere to go. And when you have a backlog of two, three weeks, there's tons of opportunity um, that we can we can add on to. So we have to start looking at our organization and the capacity of our buildings. Is the capacity of our building at the same level as the capacity of our production team and the production and the capacity of our sales team? All three of those have to be at 100%. And once we get to that building capacity, then we got to start looking at being more creative in, in um, how do we use that resource of the building more um, creatively, you know, having different shifts or overlapping shifts to get more production time available out of our, out of our building. Those are some of the things that we're talking about right now for 2023 and, and beyond. Um, but right now we're trying to, trying to match this building capacity with our technician capacity and our sales capacity and meet the demand that our customers are, are expecting of us, which is, I don't want to wait two, three weeks. I would like to get in there in the next day or two and uh, um, get my car back. Does the fact that you're actually managing your shop using the data and, and helping maximize your crew you already have the, there, does that mindset help you when you're actually recruiting additional staff members? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm a data guy. I mean, I, I like looking at the data. I don't want to get stuck in it too much. I mean, um, I, I don't mind making some seat of the pants decisions too along the way, but uh, uh, it's always nice to have some of that data when I'm, when I'm seeing our, our revenue plateauing and I'm seeing our running some of those capacity drills, you know, I, I see where the opportunity is. And then now I've created a, a, um, something to focus on to try to solve it. Dan, before we go more into detail, would you mind sharing some metrics four shops, maybe number of techs, number of salespeople, just just so everybody gets kind of a... Oh boy, we should have prepared for this meeting, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we, so we have four shops. We're going to do roughly around $10 million in revenue. Uh, we're right under 50 employees. Um, and um, boy, I think we're up to um, so 20 something techs and probably 10 advisors bunch of support staff, you know, from, from Crystal Lake marketing, recruiting to HR now, um, and, uh, operations, Matt, Krista's husband, Matt is our operations. You guys have, he's been on here before, um, and some general managers. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, it's, it's a becoming an animal, you know, it's a, it's a big, small business right now. Anyway. Thank you. So Krista, Dan approached you and said, what? Well, it was more of a side conversation that we had at, at the, the company, uh, the company get together for the end of the year awards. And I just said, you know, I said, I've noticed that your social media presence isn't that well. And so from there, that conversation has really grown into first I was brought on to, to primarily do social media. Um, and then 
Dan noticed something that was happening for metrics and connecting with people and then being the professional extrovert that I am and that he needed on his team. He said, well, would you be interested in taking on the recruiting piece as well? So that's, you know, those side conversations always lead to something great with Dan. So. And you were embracing it from the very first minute. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what? it's, I grew up on a family farm. And so when that, my husband's been involved with Silver Lake for almost 10 years now. And so being able to have some certain skills that they, that could benefit them, I saw it as a natural fit and having that knowledge of the company and, you know, kind of the players who are in the organization, our current team members with their personalities and the fit and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's been a fun little, not project because it's what I get to do, but it's been a fun, uh, new chapter of my life for sure and then so, dan, dan said we need four new technicians by next week dan did not say that <laughs> but i am very ambitious <laughs> so i said where where's your strongest need and let, let's go after these guys so so chris krista has always been very good at telling me do better and uh um i was i was hearing her i was lis listening to her say do better and and uh um we were also watching some of our team members get stressed too, right? Um, and I, I think we were through some of our surveying, we saw, I saw them getting stressed out and Krista, Krista experienced it firsthand face to face. And, um, you know, we started digging into why are they stressed too? And, and, and they had a lot on their plate, you know, our service advisors don't like telling customers three weeks. Uh, technicians don't like, um, being that stack behind. They like being busy, but they don't like being behind. It creates that anxiety and that stress for them. And uh, we had to solve, we, we had, to, before we could go out and we can just go and just recruit, you know, recruit all these people out there. We had to make sure our culture was strong inside of our organization. And uh, um, that's where Krista was really challenging me to, to be better at that area too, because not only is she that professional extrovert, but she engages in those conversations. She's also kind of like the shop mom. So uh, she gets uh, she gets in, involved in a lot of those conversations where where they um, are comfortable, you know, saying, hey, we should look at doing some of these things and then we can actually put it to, you know, a, a real process in place. So um, I think that that was part of the nexus of it, too. And, and then, uh, um, you know, I, I was looking into LinkedIn, LinkedIn talent solutions, and I realized that if we were going to do this right, that I couldn't just do this as um, when it fit into my schedule. And uh, I needed somebody to really focus on the, the talent solutions side of our organization. And uh, that's when I engaged her with, um, hey, I need help with this. And you're really good at um, reaching out to people. What do you think? And she, she said, only if we do bagels with the boss every other week. So we go for bagels. Only if you buy me a bagel every other week, I said, all right, fine. <laughs> if you watch Ted Lasso, you know, it's always biscuits with the boss. So we just put a spin on it for America. Oh, I don't like biscuits. I need bagels. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, I see. So, so Krista, I mean, LinkedIn is an animal. I don't think a lot of shop owners think of first, right? And, yeah. You know, I would, would not, but I'm not running a shop. I would for look for software engineers on LinkedIn, right? Um, so how did that come about and, sure. and what steps have you guys taken? Sure, sure, sure. Well, I think backing up a little bit, even just thinking about, um, you know, maybe LinkedIn is a new, new beast, which we will certainly get into, but with LinkedIn or with uh, Facebook and Instagram and, 
and TikTok and YouTube, really thinking about your workplace and your company as an organization um, as a product and your consumer is are those potential employees out there. And so whenever you put on that marketing hat of your workplace, of your culture, of your organization, it really allows you just to start connecting through a human aspect with those potential mm-hmm. people because in this day and age, people are looking for something different. They do want to be a part of something bigger and better, and they do want that quality of life. And so really kind of using those hot points uh, through your social media campaigns is going to be a really great way to connect with the audience. And, and maybe it's not a technician that is watching your, um, you know, your customer page on uh, social media, but uh, a perfect example is tech, our new technician, Kyle, his family, his wife's family has been customers forever from the Oconomowoc area, which is where our flagship store is. And he said he, he's always known about Silver Lake Auto and then he found us on Link, or on Indeed. And so um, it's those people who are out in the community, they may be customers, they, they may know us from a chamber, but then when they see that we have a job opening, they may, may be referring people to us as well. So um, always thinking of your, your workplace and your organization as a product itself and showcasing it that way. So, um, cool. and did you tap into technician networks? I mean, either social media or IATN comes to mind? Um, no, probably because I don't know about that stuff. Um, I see, good. My, purposely, purposely doesn't know about yes. that. Purposely yeah. don't know about those things. Um, my goal is to be a human. And so my background is higher education, corporate and direct sales. So Dan hired me for, for human, to be a human um, in that regard. I don't speak like automotive. Um, so with that changing gears now and looking at LinkedIn, um, that's where really we saw an opportunity to go after the automotive professionals that are progressive. Because Dan, we all know that Silver Lake Auto loves to be progressive and an industry disruptor. So we wanted to, to go with those people who are like-minded in terms of potential employees for service advisors and technicians. So I personally was surprised at how many were out there, uh, again, with my background being in more of higher education and corporate, but it's really cool to see how much automotive industry is growing on LinkedIn and, and what, what's available out there as well. Yeah, so let me add a little bit, Uva. So, you, you know, LinkedIn's a professional network. It's, it's made, for, made for professionals, right? Yep. We're in a professional industry, you know, which which I think is we've been talking about how that's been shifting over the last 10 to 15 years of instead of being the grease monkey to, to we're, we're in a professional industry. So those professionals that we're all looking for, that's where they're all communicating now. They're, they're hanging out on LinkedIn and they're, they're engaging in conversation through LinkedIn. Um, now, we need to be able to reach them somehow. Right. I mean, just because they're there. Now, now, how do you engage them? And how do you how do you reach them is the question. So. You know, that's where we, we, we reached out to LinkedIn Talent Solutions and we met with their team there to talk about what's possible. What, how, how, how does LinkedIn envision that their, their, their um, um, platform should work? And, you know, LinkedIn, you, typically you can only get through, get to uh, people within your chain of three, right? You know, it's a link, right? Through the subscription-based stuff that we have through the talent solutions, we can actually break that link and go beyond that. So we can just start doing some searches in 
the greater Milwaukee area for technicians and we can connect with them and we can we can send them messages and invite them to uh, engage with us in a conversation, whether that's through a direct conversation. Um, we actually built, um, Krista took and built a, what's called a life page on our LinkedIn page. Life page is there, it's, it's to, um, you know, it's that ZMOT, that zero moment of truth where people do the research about your organization before they make that decision. And the life page is there to talk about Silver Lake Auto and your culture. And for us to introduce our culture of our organization, not just from what Dan says it is, but also all of our team members that are on LinkedIn. So from our general manager and operations guys, the technicians to the concierge people, um, porters, everybody has, uh, Krista has worked with every single one of them to help them build up their LinkedIn page, not so that they can go and, and, and get, um, you know, chased after by the other auto shop. It's so that they can, they can build themselves up and have a professional, be in part of the professional network. And through that life page, you can then connect with all of our people and you can see our people and see what they're talking about and see what they're posting about. And you can really quickly see from that candidate that we're, we're engaging in, this is a community. It's Silver Lake Auto is a community and the culture is that we're growing and we care about each other and that we are a disruptor in the industry. Um, we don't do the things that normal auto shops make the mistakes of with uh, crappy comp plans and horrible hours and, and treating people like they're, they're worker bees, we can start engaging them that way. So they start doing that and then they start dreaming about what it would be like to work there. Boy, this seems like a really great opportunity. And then we can actually engage them with a face-to-face -face conversation and start talking about what's possible. So they're actually, if we're doing it right, they're actually self-screening for us mm -hmm. um, because we're so vocal about what our culture is we're not getting the person who's just looking to come in and get a paycheck, you know, because they're, they're going to quickly realize that I'm not going to fit here. Um, I, you know, if I'm a flat rate tech and I just want to work in my bay with my head down and bill out 60 hours, I'm not going to work at several, I'm not going to fit at Silver Lake Auto. So it helps us with our, with our hiring um, towards our culture and our core values by being able to share that message strongly and um, um, get the right candidate in here. And, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of kind of nuts and bolts to that as far as how we do that through, you know, engaging them. But that's the, the main goal is to, to, to share what we're really about and have them self-screen and dream a little bit about what it could be like. And then um, if this is a dream that we could possibly facilitate for them, then uh, let's talk. So for a shop owner that's listening today, you're asking them to go ahead and build a life page for their employees. If they have a fear to have their employees to do that, it sounds like they need to go ahead and get their house in order first. Well, you can't hire until your culture is right, right? So there's no, there's, it's like it's like going out and throwing a bunch of money at marketing, but you're three, four weeks behind, right? What a waste of money. Um, it's the same thing. You have to have your house in order, 100% bill. You have to, you have to have your culture culture down and uh and because what actually happens is your people become your biggest advocate and your biggest um uh voice out online and and that could be good and that could be bad um so um you want to make sure that they're they're representing um your company and and it's legitimate and they really really love working for your company because um a lot of those connections come through their connections that they may have had when they went to technical college or somebody else that they worked with or somebody they met at a car show. And um, when they're sharing about the opportunities and the things that are going on in their day, um, they're, they're, that's a much more powerful voice than, hey, check out this ad, Silver Lake Auto's hiring today. Um, they're, they're already uh, promoting you from within. And um, 
then you can start getting the momentum behind you for for uh, um, doing a lot of interviews, which Matt's been doing a ton of interviews and has been wearing them out. Um, but uh, but it's a good problem to have, and uh, um, because your people become your best promoter. So 100%, Bill. Do not spend any money or do not do this um, until you're you're ready. Um, and that life page is actually it's our life page. So we're like Auto has a life page, but the people have their own LinkedIn profiles. Um, and and can you. Krista, how many people had a LinkedIn profile before? Um, you know, I was limited. I would say maybe 25% would be a generous number, but, or maybe they've had it, but they had their junior year prom picture as their profile picture. Right. Uh, yeah, some of those. So it, it's been fun working with them and, and to get them, get the, the team members to, to realize, you know, that there is this professional space of networking and that they can, um, really help to connect with other people and you know follow the companies that they care about maybe they're going to learn about a new piece of equipment or they can you know we do have some female service advisors so being able to connect them with the, the women in automotive groups you know they're finding that connection piece and and with that that linkedin um the subscription that we have, we have something that's called a, a My Company tab, where only Silver Lake Auto employees can go in there and start communicating. And so really looking forward uh, in the next frontier, the next phase of LinkedIn is, is utilizing that so people can start sharing, hey, I learned this, you know, from this company that's launching this new product, or hey, there's a conference out, you know, that is being promoted that they want to attend and really showcase the value of putting yourself on there. And your leverage made everybody do that easily or was there? You know, there's, there's some slow adapters. Um, there's, but I've been really pleasantly surprised. I mean, Robert is a great example or Dave who is not on any social media platforms, whatever. Oh, wow. And then he was the first one to be like, hey, this is great. He's like, I'd love to connect with some people from my old shops or whatever. So um, just explaining it in terms of, you know, everybody's favorite radio station is WIIFM, what's in it for me. Um, so so uh, really speaking it in their terms and showing showcasing the value. And I say, don't just put work stuff, put your other interests on there so that you get excited to go on there. So. What is the shop culture that you you kind of can define that actually helps attract unicorns? So, you know, what are the things that a shop should be thinking about in their own operations when they before they start trying to attract these key people in? All right. So um, I can't define that. Right. That's not mine to define. That's my people's to define. Um, right. I can tell you what my people like. Um, my people like to have luxury of focus, you know, where they're focusing on, on, on where they're going, you know, they don't like being pulled in many directions. So, um, I saw one of the questions earlier is, you know, having your master technicians, uh, groom, groom, uh, young technicians, they don't necessarily like that. Um, if that, unless that's their focus and their focus only. So, um, that's my people, you know, my people want luxury of focus. So we have a singular foreman, who's not, re not responsible for production, but he's responsible to grow and develop the technical team um, in, their, um, in their technical knowledge and their proficiencies. So um, our people like luxury of focus. Uh, they also really like uh, opportunity to grow. 
Um, so, you know, they want to see a long runway in front of them where they can, where they can grow from, from all the steps and potentially be a foreman or be a location manager, whatever it may be. Um, our people love work-life balance. I think that that's kind of universal these days. Work-life balance is very, very important to people. And we have to figure that out and make sure that we're, that's constantly a moving target and what that may look like and, and that we're, we're meeting them where they need to be met. Um, our people also love communication internal communication inside of our organization, um, meaning um, regular one-on-ones talking about what, what is on their agenda, not what's on my agenda. Um, they want to be heard, um, you know, so, and then we have to be able to communicate back to them what we heard and what we're going to do. Um, so I think, um, you know, that's a great question. It's, it's, I would think that it would be one thing what I would want, you know, I just like, I just let me work and leave me alone and get out of my way. Right, Uva? I think you've experienced that. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that your, your culture is necessarily, your team is that's necessarily values the exact same thing. So it's, it's really about engaging them with what they value. What are, what are your organizational values that um, are not negotiable for your organization? And, uh, talk to the team about that to figure out what that is and let them establish the culture and communicate it to you. And then you facilitate that culture as long as it's in line with ultimately what you, where you want to go, which, um, um, you know, it, yeah, I would be careful of that because there are some people that can steer your company in, in, a, in a way that just doesn't work, but um, then you got to maybe work on your hiring and, and uh, get, get some alignment there, but uh, um, don't dictate it, you know, facilitate it. I have three questions going into some details. If your techs have a LinkedIn profile that opens up to competition, no fear, I assume, on your end because culture dominates, right? Hey, yeah, I mean, and we if want- they want to leave, let them go, right? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe, um, maybe let them go. It depends on who they are and if, okay. you know, it's a great opportunity for me to learn, you know, right? Yes. If, if, if uh, if there's something out there that that engages them or reaches them deep in a deeper level than what I can provide, I don't ever want to stand in the way of that. Go run it as fast as you can. But if there's something that I'm missing and I have not delivered on, there's something that I promised on and now somebody has promised that to them, I, I would love to have that brought to the table and to figure out, is that something that I, I want to deliver on or, or don't? So uh, yeah, it's, it, we talked about this when Krista was building everybody's LinkedIn pages. It's like, well, all right, you know, let them know we're not doing this so that you can just bail <laughs> ship. We still want to communicate, and we 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 have that conversation with them. But um, um, I I don't want. I, we have a great team right now. There's nobody in this organization I want to see leave, and and we are making them more desirable to the market. But isn't that our job? Yes, it's our job to make them make them more proficient in the market. You know, that's that saying of. Um, what if I, what if I invest them and they leave? What if you don't and they stay? Um, we're we're going to invest in them until the day that, that, it, that the next uh, opportunity arises for each of us. And yes. But don't leave. Don't leave now. <laughs> and thank you. Next question. Payment structure. You know, a foreman, is he salaried? Do you go to that extreme or how do you do it? <clears throat> All right. So, we're in, we're in a redesign of our compensation plans right now. Um, and we had a, a long meeting on it this morning. Um, our, our foreman are paid very, our, our foreman can be paid very similar to service advisors. 
Okay. And, and in our organization, service advisors are 80% of their sal salary, 80% of their compensation is, is a base, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't move. This is what it is. This is where you go. 20% or 15% somewhere on there can vary depending on performance. And it's a team-based performance. It's not an individual performance. It's a team performance. Um, I, I, we do this for, for a lot of reasons. In addition to the base. In addition to the base. Okay. So their total W-2, 80% of it is salary, the base. 20% of it is variable based off of performance, team performance. Team performance. Yeah. I, you know, so our technicians are, are almost the same way. They are, they have a, they're paid hourly, you know, like a traditional hourly that you get, you know, back in the seventies, you know, not flat rate, but an hourly uh, and 80% of their compensation is based off their eight, uh, off of that. And then the other 20% is based off of their labor dollar production, not their hours, but how much labor dollars they produce. And they get bonus off of that. We don't, we don't do a lot of things. I could talk about this to be a whole conversation, but I don't ever want the compensation plan to be the motivator or the authority. I want the compensation plan to be just not even a thought. I want them to get, get to the W-2 that they wanna to get to at the end of the year and have them looking long-term, not looking at what is this job gonna pay? How can I break this labor time to make it fast? And I'm gonna do whatever shortcuts or whatever I need to do. I don't want that to be the, the, the um, manager of my organization. That's what we have people for. Right. So, um, and ultimately at the end of the day, you're going to manage performance anyway. You shouldn't let the comp plan manage performance. Second, secondly, I, I don't want them to have big fluxes and big movements in their, in their compensation. I want them to be pretty consistent pay, paycheck to paycheck because we know technicians when they have big swings in their, in their compensation and advisors that, that they become very moody very, very quickly. And that disrupts the organizational culture that we're trying to trying to build. And that's one of those things that we said, if it's going to get in the way of organizational structure, organizational culture, we're going to abolish it. We're not going to have it. So, um, but we still want to have a uh, performance side of it to um, reward, you know, when, when things are going really well, which is what they're doing right now. Um, but really what we focus on, Uva, is where does your W-2 need to be? Um, does the market support it? And then um, we target their W-2 and their compensation plan through that. And we don't build a compensation plan that can facilitate a uh, nasty culture um, or too much of a focus on the comp plan. We don't want people making decisions based on their comp plan, make the right decision. Right. So how often do you do reviews then with each individual? Um, compensation reviews? Yes. Uh, well, we trial and error, right? We were doing annual, that doesn't work anymore. Right. Um, so now we're doing quarterly, quarterly reviews. Mm -hmm. And uh, every 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 individual gets um, one on one time every week, um, and they get uh, they bring three things they bring three things of their agenda to meet with the manager. So if one of their things is compensation, let's talk about it. But typically, it's not it's not compensation; it's something else. So um, we, we give that's their opportunity to bring that up. But we go through them quarterly. We, we do uh, larger uh, compensation adjustments, probably semi-annually right now. But I, on the other hand, if, if um, we're going to hire somebody off of LinkedIn that's coming in here and we have to pay them market value, I'm not going to keep my other people below market value. We're going to make an adjustment in real time and adjust that with them. So um, 
if we have to hire a new service advisor tomorrow and that service advisor is 10% higher than where my other service advisors that have been here for a long time, I have a responsibility to go back and adjust my compensation plans with everybody else. Um, so that's- Thank you. Krista, how did you approach LinkedIn? You, uh, were they surprised to talk to a shop operation manager for recruiting? Yeah, no, well, so with LinkedIn, uh, we with Talent Solutions, we got a, one of their features called what's called LinkedIn Recruiter. And with that, that is something where um, you can actually go in and search for, you know, experience for, for job title, for geographic location. And then they also with LinkedIn now have something that's called open to work. And so that's where when people create their LinkedIn profile page, they can say like, hey, you know what? I am open to work. I may not be actively seeking, but if somebody comes to me, I may be interested in talking. So, I've seen that, yeah. <clears throat> so that, that has been a tremendous uh, feature. And if you want, we can, you know, give the contact for Talent Solutions to reach out to and, and you know, have you, if you're interested in setting up a demo, we can do that. But um, those conversations, when you take a personalized approach and you, I take the time to look over their profile and, and to pick out something that is outstanding or, or, and I reach out with that, that first message, message to them with that piece of information. So it's not just a, hey, we're hiring, do you want a new job? It's a, hey, you know, first of all, thank you for your 18 years of you know, service in the automotive industry. That's absolutely outstanding. Um, I noticed you were open to work. Would you be open to having a conversation about a possible opportunity? And going that approach because everybody, was it? Nobody likes to be sold, but everybody likes to buy. Nice. Nice. So one of Bill's favorite statements. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah. So, so Uwe, this this LinkedIn this LinkedIn tool, this is a huge investment. I mean, it was a it was a thirty thousand dollar annual subscription for us to be able to do that. It's a big number, right? Right. But remember when I said it cost every week for not having one position? Right. And actually, when you when you break it down week by week and what it costs, it's actually super affordable. Um, you know, for especially for an organization our size. Size, but again, it's only affordable is if you leverage it right and you use it correctly and you focus on it. If you're just going to buy it and and ignore it and not do anything with it, then you're yeah, you're going to have major sticker shock and run away from that super fast. But inside of that LinkedIn uh, tool, there's also like an AdWords type. Um, mechanism where it's got an ad where if you're scrolling through, you know, your LinkedIn, you'll see uh, something like autos hiring uh, technicians, you know, so that they can, you, we can set up ads in it at target um, um, the right demographic, just like in AdWords, uh, very similar to what, how AdWords works. So, and then uh, I don't know if you get emails, you know, it's so-and-so is looking for a new blah, 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 blah from LinkedIn. They'll send those, those are targeted ads like um, AdWords too. So, you start getting much more exposure. Obviously, when you start spending some money, they they like to promote you. It's um, uh, it does it's not as not as not quite like Yelp, but it's a lot uh, um, more effective tool. It's, it really works well, but it it's expensive. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I, I made the mistake to put one of my jobs as angel investor. You know what happened, right? My inbox just. Right was overflowing because people wanted my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you actually placing ads or are you contacting based on the list and starting a conversation? So it's twofold. So um, 
the ads, LinkedIn algorithm runs all of that. So the biggest thing is that we get our, our job description posted and then it, they'll start paying attention to who I have in our, our candidate pool or our talent pipeline. And from there, the LinkedIn algorithm will take our job posting and put it in front of the like uh, profiles like our talent pool or directly in front of that talent pool if they have not responded to my message already. So LinkedIn runs that part. And then I personally reach out and start establishing conversations and connections with people um, and do it through a layering process too, where, you know, maybe they didn't respond to my first message. Um, then I'll try and add them as a personal connection with a, a message, invite them to follow the Silver Lake Auto page, things like that. I bet a lot of listeners are now going to ask, is there a trial product where I can try this for free? <laughs> Not for free, but if you're a good negotiator, you might be able to negotiate a discount. But uh, um, and that was that was my concern too. I asked that same exact question. I, you know, this is great if it works and if we use it, and I would like to try it. And I think that this is going to be a six month trial period, and LinkedIn agreed, so we were able to get a reduce reduction. Uh, on that six month trial period. But um, um, look, hindsight, hindsight, I, I, yeah, it was worth paying for it. <laughs> right. We, look, uh, you have to have skin in the game. Free is exactly that, free. So when you think about this a little bit differently, though, let's say that you've, you formed an app auto care group and you got 20 people in it. Would this be something that you could look into using your funds that have accrued from that group to go ahead and, and do something like that where? You know, it's a shared cost. Uh, that sounds messy, but um, I, I mean, potentially, if there's a group, I, I mean, it sounds like you might create some fighting over talent. I, I, yes. You figure that one out, Bill. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's just you know, with everything disruptive, yeah. you try and do your best, so you don't tell you afterwards. I never try it. It's $2,500 a month. Say again? It's $2,500 a month. Yeah. You know, we, you know, it's at the end of the day, if you look at it that it's, it's, uh, we could, we can all grow our capacity. If we could, if I could say I can solve your talent problem for $2,500 a month, who the hell wouldn't run at that? Right. And, and Chris, can you talk about, or Dan, were there iterations where you noticed certain things you tried didn't work and others work better? Or are you still in the process of figuring that out? For me, I am still in the process. I mean, right, we're all learning. Um, yeah. But I will say we've probably really, we've had the subscription since the beginning of May, really started working with it towards the end of May. It's now uh, July 6th and we've gotten two really stud service advisors from that uh, pool that come with many years of experience with some great knowledge and, and wisdom. And so um, I would say, if anything, just take, take the time to make that personal connection first as a human uh, with all of your recruiting efforts, because the, we are in an era where everybody's over stimulated with messages coming at them and trying to, to buy them. Uh, or to, you know, to, yeah, to buy them. And so really having that personal connection goes a long way in this talent market. 
And we've made, I think since we've had this focus, correct me if I'm wrong, we've hired what, seven people in the last couple of weeks, Krista. Now we've got some traction on this and we can't directly say that they've all come from from LinkedIn, but I mean, it's a piece of the puzzle. They've, right. they've, uh, they've. I'm sure they've connected with us. I mean, you look at our page uh, stats on LinkedIn and how uh, our 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 viewers and our engagements have grown. It's it's a piece of the puzzle that 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 um, that we put on top of our, um, you know, going to being involved in the trade schools and and uh, um, postings. Yeah, all the traditional things that we've done for a long time. This is just you know a little more frosting on the top of that cake that that is helping us uh solve this problem and the two service advisors you hired was there anything out of the ordinary they said why they joined based on their experience on linkedin um were they surprised to see so much openness about your culture because that's not something an auto repair shop does right right um Speaking, I can speak for one candidate. Um, uh -huh. you know, he just really enjoyed that it was a personal connection. That um, you know, as soon as he was interested, I passed him off to the general manager okay. to do the interviewing and just to have a really open and honest conversation and, and say, let's see if we're a fit for each other and and have that open openly uh, because there are some times where the candidate's not a right fit for us and we are not a right fit for that candidate and that and that's okay that's a, that's still a winning conversation it's the whole the whole process that we go through from from the initial conversation all the way through um, our six month onboarding of our of our people it's it's very um, I don't want to use the word intense but it, we, we focus on we spend a lot of time on it so um, I, even I when, like intense. Yeah, I know you do. Not everybody likes intense, though. <laughs> uh, but even, even you know, part of our onboarding, you know, as I went out with one of our foremen for lunch last week, I took them out to lunch just to, just to spend some time to get to know them. Um, there's not many organizations with CEOs that are taking the time with their staff. They're plugging them in. They're plugging them in their bay, plugging them in their role, and they're saying, all right, here's your job description. It looks very corporate. Here's your comp plan. Uh, uniforms will be over there. We'll see you later. And and uh, you can't do that anymore. Um, you have to spend time with them. You have to you have to get to know them, build relationships with them. It's harder as you, you you're trying to scale it, you know, with a large organization. So you need to have some layers in there of doing that. But um, the whole thing has to feel very different. And even a couple of the two young technicians that we just hired in Oconomowoc, they didn't come directly from LinkedIn, but they did have a social media um, experience. That I know facilitated them coming to Silver Lake Auto, and um, um, and then when they got here, the way that they were welcomed from from our welcome lunches to um, you know they spend the first day not even working in their bay, they spend the first day just getting onboarded and meeting the team and seeing the organization and understanding understanding uh, the Silver Lake Auto DNA. Um, you know we take a lot of time to, to to purposely make sure they have that before we just inject them into a bay. So. Um, that's the other piece of the recruiting that, you know, just to, to make it stick, we have to invest some time in it, not just from having the culture down with our people, but then afterwards, um, you know, we, we did some surveying this year. We found out that <coughs> employees with less than uh, um, 18 months of tenure um, weren't as engaged as our, as our employees that have been here for two, three, five, 10 years. And that, that was a result of 
not a really good onboarding process. And, um, and we were seeing high turnover rates in, the, in those tenured employees. And, and uh, we just nailed it down to, we need to be better at onboarding and spend more time with them and build those relationships so that they understand where they fit, how they're supported in our organization so that they can flourish. And, and we spent a lot of time on that this year. And uh, um, we haven't gotten it perfect yet. And it's going to be a, a moving target and living and breathing thing that we're going to evolve. Um, but but it, that it's 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 all that from your from your existing culture to your recruiting and hiring and interviewing practices to how do you onboard them so that they can get back into the life circle of the culture of the organization and contribute to the culture. It's a, it's a, a kind of an ecosystem of sorts, you know. I never thought of going over the years that we'd ever be talking about the employee experience in this industry, but you know, it's very common these days. Yeah. I, I have one more question. I think we have to wrap up soon, Dang. Um, Dan, in the pre-talk, if I was understanding that correctly, you were bringing up that there might be, you know, super high qualified technicians and in, in your, what's the word, workflow management, they might have to do an oil change, it, although there are, a, you know, a diagnostic guru or maybe not, that's maybe a bad example, but, you know, how do you, it's because LinkedIn is really a, a high level, you know, high class kind of environment, although lately it, it's fighting with Facebook about the, uh, whatever, who has the most useless post, but that's a different question. <laughs> Yeah. So back to that question, did you run into that? I mean, that people um, then say, you know, that's not what I want to do. So, I mean, we all share, um, you know, if you're, if you're that technician who's got all the experience in it, we all do oil changes, you know, those oil changes and inspections lead into mechanical work. We, we know that, right. We've proven this for way too long now, since we were throwing tablets on the concrete. Yes. Um, so, uh, um, we, uh, you know, that's part of our, that's part of our organization, you know, values is that we all support each other and we share if, if, um, and that's where that weeding out is. If you, if you have an ego and it's an oil changes beneath you, um, then you, this isn't the place for you. But I also think that a lot of that UVA was facilitated by comp plans. Yes. Um, and they were motivated by comp plans because how do you make time on an oil change? Right. When here, um, that, you know, do you charge for inspections or do you give technicians time for inspections and do they do an oil change or, you know, come back? All, all that garbage goes out of the window because that is, that's guiding and steering you on how you're going to, how that customer is ultimately going to feel their experience when is by crappy comp plans and culture. So um, we can communicate that, you know, as part of our onboarding is talking about the Silver Lake Auto DNA and how that works is, because mm -hmm. from a lot of people, it's, it's very um, different. Right, they 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 come from a um, assembly line production based model where um, all that matters is how many hours can I bill out, and uh, that that's that stuff comes you know with good culture and, and everybody contributing, and uh, um, so yeah, if it, during the interviewing if we find somebody who that's beneath them, they're probably not getting a second interview, and they're definitely not getting an offer. Um, we we hired a, a Lexus master technician. Um, who started uh, started this week at our Brookfield location, and 
that independent contractor mindset that he experienced in the past isn't something that he wants anymore. He doesn't want to go to try to find somebody to help him with his diagnostics and, and, and I'll come back and help you with that transmission later. And do, they, they just, they just wanted to thrive. And, uh, um, the independent contractor, everybody's fighting over the same jobs and posturing for a position in an organization that's getting old. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So I think you text work their entire repair order from start to finish, or they there's no need for specialty areas in that case. Yeah, we just got to get it done. You know, let's all help each other out. You know, there isn't a we don't really have a cradle to grave mentality like we used to in the past, where you work on the car. I mean, through the autovitals technology and digital technology, it's pretty pretty easy to to assign jobs and make sure that there's processes in place that everybody can contribute. So. Um, our teams are pretty dynamic that way when we have to solve the problem in the, in the now and just assign a job. And some guy may be doing the, the brakes on the left side of the car while guys doing the brakes on the right side of the car. And, and uh, um, it's, it's a world where we have to learn how to do more with less. And uh, um, the old mindsets of uh, the auto repair uh, world are keeping us from doing, doing more with less. And it's causing us to, to lose profitability and to lose market share. We have to do things differently. We can't just, we have to get all that crap out of our way and move forward. Chris, so you wanted to say something? Yeah, I think, you know, with knowing that the Silver Lake Auto and how it's evolved over the past couple of years and what, what they're doing now in terms of the team compensation plans and the, the five-day work, week, work weeks, um, I think the brilliance is that it's created that sense of safety, security, and stability with having those base compensation plans. That's really allowed the culture, the people, the organization and community to really thrive from there because it's taken that stress of a variable paycheck, long hours out of the window. So we're getting down to the end here. So um, Uva, what I'd like to do is see if we can get a top three list from each of our find panelists here of things that they would encourage a shop owner to do when it comes to their quest for finding unicorns. Dan can go first. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh Bill. <laughs> Give me 55 minutes of that. Um, top five. All right. Three? Top three. three. Get, better. get better. Number one, get better. Number two, don't stop getting better. <laughs> and number three, talk to your team, figure out what it is that they, that they need to be supported. Support your team. Sorry, those are kind of cheesy, but it's, it's no, really no, about, it's about the team. Get better. So fix if your you culture. That in your mindset, then you are highly task oriented and not culture oriented because get better is continuous improvement constantly. You, you just don't think about it anymore. You're curious and, and want to improve. So thank you. Uh, now it's your turn, Krista. Okay, so uh, we want a little bit more. <laughs> oh, great. Um, I would say one: view your culture and your organization as a as a product, as a service, uh, and and go through it as a, marketing it as a product to the potential consumer of, of those potential employees. Uh, two is really use social media to celebrate your employees and your culture and your organization. Um, I think that's the big thing is nobody, 
the average American human does not like going to the car repair shop for anything. So they're not going to care about a dirty like engine or anything like that. They want to know, you know, oh, they're out in the community. They're at this event. Uh, they're doing this organization, uh, you know, for a charity drive or whatever. Hey, they really treat their employees well. And we all know that happy employees create happy customers. Um, and so really showcasing using social media as a platform to show showcase your organization um and then oh i don't know <laughs> explore something new that would be explore a new recruiting avenue that maybe you've been resisting so that for us that was linkedin maybe for you it, it's having a conversation about what would be a referral bonus for employees that bring talent in um or Posting and indeed, it could be anything, but try something new that you had that you've been resisting to do. And so the most important thing is don't be afraid to invest in recruiting employees, knowing full well what the opportunity cost of not having them is. Very true. Yes, absolutely. Well. Know the cost. Know the cost of what it, know what it's costing you. Yeah, it's expensive. Awesome. So we're down to the end here. I'd like to thank both of you for joining us here today. Uh, Dan, thanks for joining us again. It's always great to have you here sharing your wisdom. Um, you have a unique way of looking at things and, and it actually is very helpful to others. I'd like to encourage those of you that are listening to um, invite other shop owners to um, maybe find some of our, our prior podcasts by going to autobottles.com forward slash radio. Maybe even join us live and ask your questions as we come in. So again, thank you guys. I'd like to go ahead and, and tell everybody that's listening to go out there and make some money while your customers and work on your employee experience too. Thank, thank you, guys. Chris. Uh, thank you, Dan. It was awesome. Yeah, thank awesome, you guys. Man. That was fun. Always. And we got you on the calendar for next year to <laughs> review your success. I'll be checking my invites. <laughs> did, did, did you say next week or next month? Uh, next, next year. Well, he's going to be on there the next year for this this particular topic. So we'll find an open spot between now and then. Yeah, we can talk. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you.